The jungle is a paradise of delectable nectar and fantastic fruit. For those that can reach these delights, the jungle provides everything you need, but it takes some special equipment to take advantage of such decadent prizes. But nature can throw all kinds of challenges your way, so there's one bird that carries a multi-tool on the front of its face. It's a lesson in being prepared for anything in life, death, and taxonomy. Welcome back to Life, Death, and Taxonomy. It's your 30 minutes of interesting animal information. I'm Joe. And I'm Carlos. Thank you to Cassie for the creation of our theme song. To hear more of Cassie's music, please search Cassie Michelle on YouTube. And thank you to Brian for the creation of this week's artwork. It's pretty funny. Check it out. You can find it on Facebook or Twitter at LD Taxonomy or visit us at LDTaxonomy.com. We're talking about a colorful jungle bird that follows its nose for fruit. I I mean fruit. But more on that later. Fruit. F-R-O-O-T. Fruit. <laughs> I have Fruit Loops in my house for the first time in a while because my uh, sister was over and she got some Fruit Loops. And man, those are good. They are good. There's apparently, um, oh, man, it's a t- common podcast sponsor uh cereal brand and it's like i don't it's made of like beans or something and it doesn't uh it doesn't have the sugar or carb content that typical cereal does and they have a flavor that's remarkably similar to fruit loops huh well if you are if you're listening and you represent that hit us up yeah and then i'll say the name of it (laughs) Do you know the name? You're just keeping it out so that we can, uh, yeah, we can advertise it. Yeah, good. It'll keep. It'll help keep the lights on if we get if we land something like that. <laughs> um, uh, but we're talking about, if you haven't guessed from all the Fruit Loop talk, uh, we're talking about the toucan, and not toucan Sam. Not necessarily the toucan, the one that looks like toucan Sam. Uh, yeah. Well, because toucan Sam kind of looks like uh, he's in a class of his own. Well, there are just there are different kinds of toucans. And we are talking about the Toko Toucan. Is there a blue can? (laughs) I don't think there's one that's blue, but there's one. There are some that have like stripes on their on their um, bills, so they would be they would be closer to Toucan Sam than this one. Uh, But yeah, so we're gonna call this Toucan Sam. Obviously, that's not it's a it's a given. But we're also gonna call it the Bill of Flights, (laughs) and chill bill which which i'll i'll mention again when we get into the major fact interesting do you get it do you get it since you know the major fact yeah cool chill bill let's taxonomize this let's do that it's, it's in a kingdom you know love and are in that kingdom is of course animalia the phylum is chordata the class is aves the order pisiformes pisiformes <laughs> looks like fish <laughs> i don't know what that I, I that's what it seems like to me like form of fish it's a it's power ranger fish uh it, this is the same order as woodpeckers yeah the family is ramfastidae 
ran fast today, ran fast tomorrow. That's just the life of a member of the of Fast and the Bolt. Furious gang. It's like, hey, Dom, did you ran fast today? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with my family. You know um, it because of family. <laughs> because of Groot. The genus is Ramphastos, which is like, sounds like a pharaoh. Then uh, the species is Toko. So Ramphastos, Toko. Instead of fa- tut, Too Fast, Too Furious, they should have called it Ramphastos. <laughs> the second one should be Ramphastos. <laughs> and all they do is just ram cars into things really fast, twice. <laughs> like, the, this, it's, the, it's the middle of the movie. They ram, they ram a car fast into something, and, and then that's the, also the end of the movie, how they beat the bad guy. But since we're in the business of naming things, it's time for my favorite part of the show, Critter Groups. This one's going to be a good one. This is the part of the show where I ask you, Joe, a question, and that question is the same every time. What is the name for a group of this animal? Or what is the term of venery? Or the collective noun? It's all the same. If you saw a group of toucans, and I, sp- I specifically like birds because they have all kinds of great... Uh, collective nouns. So, Joe, if you saw a group of toucans, would you say it's A, a Killian of toucans, B, a Durant of toucans, C, a Sowler of toucans, or D, a Rimshot of toucans? A Sour, a Rimshot. Sowler. Sowler? Uh Uh-huh. Killian, Durant, Sowler, and Rimshot. Sounds like a law firm up until you get to Rimshot. (laughs) Yeah. Guess I'm going to go with Sowler. Rimshot sounds more fun. Is that what it's called when you... Is that what the Badum Tiss is called? Uh, yeah, that's hitting the side of a snare run. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to go with Sowler, final answer. The answer was Durant. Okay. After the person that was uh, running the railroad. Either a basketball man or a, or a, a railroad con artist. <laughs> yeah, I had fun with this one. I was like, oh, I can make up a bunch of stuff and, and, and hide, hide this. I would have been very surprised if you got it. What is a Durant? Is that anything or is it just a name? Uh, I'm sure if you uh, Google it, you're just going to get people's names. But yeah, uh, Durant called. is a surname of French and English origin. Yeah, it's a Durant of toucans. Wow, really? Also... Really diving into the nonsense this time, huh? You can also call it a flock, but that's not fun. <laughs> you want to talk about what this thing looks like? Do you? Yeah, I was. Are, are you ready to talk? Oh about yes, what this yes. Thing looks like <laughs> I thought you were. I thought you were telling me to talk about it. Are you prepared? I have no idea what a toucan looks like. Good, good, good. You you are the ideal person for me to describe this to then. <laughs> um, so this this is a toucan. That's all I have written here. So I guess time <laughs> to measure up. <laughs> uh, just kidding. It's a, it is a quintessential toucan. If you think of a toucan, you're probably, and it's not a cartoon, you're probably thinking of this toucan. Um, if I remember right, is there a toucan in George of the Jungle? Yes, Tuki Tuki. That's dumb. <laughs> because they don't live in Africa. Yeah, well, it's almost as if it, 
if as if so, George of the Jungle himself is dumb. Almost as if that movie is not supposed to be taken seriously. Um, so yes, it has a passerine esque shaped body. It's kind of crow like if you just look at its body. Uh, it has jet black feathers all throughout, uh, except for its throat and lower half of its face. It has uh, a Super Nintendo controller shaped patch that's stark white and has a well-defined border so it kind of has this panda orca look to it feel vibe um it also has a small patch of white feathers on its rump just above its tail feathers and a bright red patch underneath that white patch uh on the flip side under its tail but here is where it gets interesting if you've ever heard of the toucan you know that its most defining characteristic is is eyes it has black and beady eyes, like a typical bird, um, and those eyes are ringed with a bright blue circle, and the area around that circle is like a yellowish orange, kind of like it's stained. But for real though, the real the the real star of the Toucan's show is the bill. That's the top. It gets top billing. That's the real reason you're listening to this episode. You're like, why does its bill look so weird? So where a normal bird's forehead and face would be, the toucan has this massive bill that juts out. It's shaped like a big crab claw. That was the best thing I could think of when I was looking at pictures of it. The uh, the bill is bright orange and yellow, kind of all mixed together, like Slash's signature sunburst Les Paul. Uh and I have, I actually, my my Ibanez is uh, is that color. Uh, the upper half is brighter yellow, with the lower half being a, a deep, rich orange, like a blood orange. And there's a black patch near the the end of the top half, where the where it hooks down like an eagle's beak, and a black ring where the bill meets the toucan's head. So it kind of looks like an O ring that makes sure that none of that toucan goodness leaks out from the seams yeah but now it's time for note the difference it's been a while huh yeah is that what we called it know the difference i think so yeah so joe do you know the difference between a beak and a bill i was just thinking that i called it a beak but that seems wrong well the answer is conflicting. According to ornithology.com, which is this, which I, when I saw the Google result, I was like, okay, this is the definitive answer. It must be. And then I clicked on it and it looks like a hastily thrown together WordPress site. So I don't, I don't feel very confident, but it says that there is no difference. The two terms are, are technically interchangeable. Oh, good. And that people tend to use beak as a subset of bills for hooked like beaks are just hooked bills that are used for predatory purposes. Uh, that, but that's just technically they can all be referred to as bills or beaks. But you're just going to confuse people if you call what's on a duck's face a beak, yeah, or a platypus's face a beak, and you call what the um, the mouth of like a, a squid a bill. It's all just a William, yeah. Yeah, it's all really just billion. So yeah, I think that's painted a pretty good picture of the toucan. It's it's crow-like in its body, but is it crow-sized? Um, let's find out. Welcome to the beloved Measure Up segment, the official listener's favorite part of the show. 
the part of the show when we present the animal size and dimensions in relatable terms through a quiz that's fun for the whole family. It's also part of the show that's introduced by you when you send an audio of yourself saying, singing, or chittering. The words measure up into ldtaxonomy at gmail.com. We do have a new measure up intro this week. Yes. From Nora. She sent in several uh she sent in several emails. She sent in, I think, a another measure up and a um animal suggestion. Nice. Thank you, Nora. We need both of those things. Oh, oh did she also do the the one where she um she sent in a measure up but it was like viva la critter groups yeah oh is she the insurrectionist that uh is that uh is is part of my um my coup my secret coup she titled this one french canadian measure up and then also signed it coup is french can you believe it (laughs) uh she signed it, Nora, not a, not an official listener, apparently. <laughs> Get it? <laughs> <laughs> Appar- yes, apparently not an official listener because because uh, Measure Up is the uh, is is only the favorite episode uh, favorite part of the episode for official listeners. Non official listeners can enjoy critter groups like normal people. <laughs> Well, without further ado, which is another French word, we're just lousy with French words. <laughs> so much French in this episode. We are we're very cultured and smart. Uh, without further ado, the listener's favorite part of the show. Measure moi ça. I assume that means measure up. Same. It could be. A horrible insult to the Measure Up Institution, for all I know. <laughs> the 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 MU MUI MUI, <laughs> yeah. The 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 Measure Up Institute of Technology. Yes. Okay, let's get into it. Thank you, Nora. And yes, thank you. I'll allow it. You're an official listener in my book. And mine. You concur? <laughs> yes, I concur. Well, because she likes critter groups, of course. Let's talk length. They are 55 to 65 centimeters or 21.5 to 25.5 inches. So they're big. They're, they're like raven sized almost. Yeah. Like, so it's like a bit like a big crow, uh, bigger than your average toucan. Yeah. Yeah. Toucans can come in smaller sizes. Yeah. They are also called the giant toucan. So toco toucans are big. Yes. They are the biggest toucans, I believe. So, how many toucan lengths would it take to reach the highest restaurant in the world? Okay, what does that mean? Here's a hint. Uh, the restaurant is at Chakaltaya Ski Resort in Bolivia. Unfortunately, the resort is barren these days. It was opened in the 1930s, and skiers could enjoy snowy slopes all year round atop an 18,000-year-old glacier. However, by 2009, the glacier was gone, and no tourists were interested in sliding down rocky slopes. You can still get a hot meal there, though, if you'd like to go on the top of a mountain for the tallest restaurant, the highest restaurant. It's not the tallest restaurant. 
it it doesn't seem like a great idea to have to build your restaurant on a glacier because those things are notorious for not being in the same place for no it's not gone gone it's like dead gone like it didn't it didn't leave it died they do move they do but this but slowly uh yeah but like that's they, they move like several feet per year mostly it's, it's technically not on a glacier like it oh. didn't move away the restaurant's not sliding down a mountain. i guess the i guess if that yeah if it had been on the glacier then it would have just been destroyed <laughs> <laughs> or it would just be in some other place <laughs> now the restaurant talk, was in bolivia and now it's in paraguay talk about not building your house on the rock okay so we're talking above sea level yeah i'm assuming See, there's a lot of a lot of ways that height works. So, yes, sea level? Sure. Okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> normally when you're talking about the height of a mountain or elevation, you're talking about from sea level. I don't know, uh 20,000 feet. I I I know that Everest is like 36,000 feet, so we're just going to that's that's my point of reference. So, we're going to go with the answer being 9,600 Toucans. Toucans. Final answer? Yes. 9,600. The correct answer is 8,215 toucans. Oh, that was not as far off as I thought I was going to be. The restaurant is at 5,340 meters or 17,519 feet. It's higher than North Base Camp on Everest. Yeah. That makes sense. Pretty high for a, a restaurant. I would have assumed that it was in like the Himalayas or like Lesotho or something like that. Just these places that are very high up. Yeah, and touristy. Uh, let's talk weight. And I have to warn you, this one's insanity. So males Uh-oh. weigh 723 grams. Or a pound and nine and a half ounces. How many? It's about a pound and a half. Yeah. How many toucans go into the weight of lions it would take to destroy the sun? I am. I. I, I'm quitting. I'm. I'm, This is my letter of resignation as co-host of this podcast. Uh, I think you can handle it. Here's a hint. A popular meme format includes a simple uh, two-image design, and it's like uh, two things with a versus in the middle. So this versus this, who would win? Um, One of these memes was going around. It was going around the internet, and it was one trillion lions versus the sun. So a YouTuber called Eclectic with a K, link on ldtaxonomy.com, found that a trillion lions would barely would be barely visible next to the sun and do nothing at all to hinder it so he crunched the numbers and calculated how many lions a great ball how many lions in a great ball of lions it would take to crush into a black hole and swallow the sun and destroy the entire solar system i don't want to do this <laughs> Since the number is, I don't know what it's called, like trillion, million, whatever. 
the number uh, has the name is, is is unknowable to me. Not true, but I I don't know it. Just tell me the decimals. Ten to the power of what? So, why lions? Because <laughs> that was the meme. How many lions would it take to defeat? I guess because maybe, oh, like it, it's like a it's like a a joke of this meme format, which is commonly like a lion versus a gorilla who would win, or a lion. You know, like it's like animal fights and different things like that. Like, but why and, not and a bigger animal? That's what it normally is. But the joke of that, the deconstruction of that meme, or how would a trillion lions defeat the sun? It's like a joke. You're not supposed to think about it. But this YouTuber, by the way, this YouTuber, this YouTube channel is probably my new favorite YouTube channel. You're not supposed to think about it is like the banner, the, like the motto of memes, of, <laughs> yeah. of, of modern humor. Just don't think about it. And But unfortunately, with this, I have to think about it. <laughs> or I don't. Maybe I just won't. Um, yeah, just I won't. Guess. Let's, yeah, let's, <laughs> um, let's say the decimal or the exponent is, it's 42. The answer is 42. The answer to everything is 42, the universe, life, and everything. Um, 42 toucans or 10 to the power of 42? 10 to the power of 42. Wait, wait. That's how many lions? No, it's that. That's how many toucans. <laughs> Does it even matter? <laughs> I'm not, it doesn't matter. I know, I know the answer would be wildly different, but we're shooting into the dark as, as into the dark as, as possible. Is this how many lions it would take to create a, ba- a black hole? Or yes. how much mass you would need to add to the sun in order to turn it into a black hole? No, how many lions it would take to make a black hole? Oh, then the pro- the answer is probably like ten to the two thousand. Ten, 10 to, the, to two- the power of two thousand. Ten to the power of two thousand. This is fun. Two thousand zeros. Yeah. <laughs> You're not the only one who could be ridiculous. Okay. Final answer. Yes. 2000. Yeah. Dang. Two cans. Yes. Okay. Correct answer is 2.1 times 10 to the power of 40. Oh, it was close. <laughs> no, you weren't. <laughs> you were the farthest ever. That's the farthest you've ever been. Just there. I was, I was close to my first one. 42. That doesn't count. That wasn't your final answer. That was I don't know I don't know what you're talking about. My answer was definitely ten to the power of forty two. <laughs> if it means anything to you, it took one point eight times ten to the power of thirty six lions. It doesn't mean anything. None of this means anything to me. <laughs> I'm this just was trying such to, a mess. I'm sure I made a mistake somewhere. I'm just trying to think of just this this planet of just <laughs> just a bunch of lions writhing this is that's actually kind of awful the ones in the middle well this planet of lions is a black hole the the ones in the middle are liquid paste they're Um, they're essentially their constituent molecular elements yeah actually a yeah a a sun a sun made out of lions would just look like a regular sun (laughs) yeah yeah just because it's doing nuclear fusion yes but probably not as well as it would if it were made out of helium and hydrogen instead of carbon. 
Oh, well, uh, they he, in the video, he talks about what is the molecular makeup of a lion. Mostly carbon, probably. Yeah, but it it's like similar to like an asteroid. I mean, oh. any any organic, anything in 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 nature is going to be similar in its constituent parts. If it's a physical object, eh, that's not necessarily true. There's a lot of elements out there. That's true. In fact, I think they put them all together in some sort of table. Anyway, watch his videos; they're great. Actually, you shouldn't because I'm probably going to use his videos again. Someday. <laughs> <laughs> not allowed to. I'm not allowed to look at the the source of all of all uh, misery and hatred in the world. They did is... the math. R slash they did the math is also probably a really good treasure trove for that kind of thing. Which is well, where... now you, the listener, know um, how many toucans it would take to to create a black hole. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Impress your friends. If that impresses them. (laughs) Now, that might not be true for toucans. If they're... No. Because their mass... I don't know. I don't know. I'm not good at big math. Anyway. (laughs) I mean, I guess if their mass is the exact... would, Would an equal weight of toucans be the same mass as an equal weight of lions? Right? It would be. That's what mass is. Yeah, yeah, yes, it it would be. Mass is uh, weight is just is is measuring gravity's effect on mass. Okay, then yeah. Don't try it though. You can't. There's not enough toucans. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Do not try to put ten to the uh, forty toucans. To the fortieth power, two cans together in one in one ball, it will just end disastrously for you. Well, you'll just you run can. out of two cans at like a five hundredth of the way there. A five hundred, maybe I don't know. I'm not. I'm done doing math. <laughs> uh, Are you ready to talk about fast facts? Yes, I am. Whew. <laughs> that was a doozy. Yeah, I I've lost brain cells a little bit because of that. Um, all right. Let's talk about where they live. I alluded to it earlier, but um, uh, let me let me double check because I might be totally wrong. They live in Bolivia. Okay. Yes, there are no cats in America. Official two. There are no cats in America. Thank goodness, because that musical was terrible. Um, the there are no toucans. Official like reg, regular toucans. In Africa, which is why George's Jungle is wrong. But there are hornbills in Africa. Which yes. Would have been more zoologically correct. <clears throat> but toucans live in Central and South America. These toucans in particular, the Toko toucan, lives in not Central America, but in Central South America. So they're just the middle of that continent. Uh, mostly in Bolivia, Peru, Argentina, Paraguay, and Brazil. Not, and and the, they're actually kind of unique, the Toco toucan, in the fact that they do not like densely uh, wooded jungle areas. They're they're unique at least in their genus, the Ramphastos genus. 
they prefer open areas uh, with um, like sparsely tr sparsely wooded areas with not like dense forests. They like savannas and uh, and plains and mountains and things like that uh, rather than the jungle. And there are also there are also sparse populations in the Guyanas. I think that's how you pronounce that. Yeah, the Guyanas over to the east of Venezuela. They so what they eat is basically everything. They're omnivorous. They eat everything from fruits and berries to lizards, rodents, small birds, and insects. And they after mating they lay about two to four eggs and they're pretty good parents birds tend to be better parents than other animals i've noticed some like of the them. the um except for like the cuckoo bird that did or no that the whatever whatever bird the cuckoo bird lays its egg in that's a terrible parent it's like you have three kids and then suddenly one of them is just completely different than all of the other ones and you're just like seems fine to me but but at least uh, the mother and father tend to stick around, unlike insects and lots of mammals. But that's all I got for fast facts, because the rest of the facts about the toucan tend to revolve around its primary characteristic. Indeed. Okay, let's talk about the major fact. The nose knows. G Gandalf told us to do that. He did, Always didn't he? follow your nose. <laughs> Which seems crazy. Was he lying? Why would he be lying? Or was he saying... Was it, was this one of those things where something mundane with Gandalf seems mundane, but is actually a calculating move? He was just telling uh, Mary to follow his nose. Yeah, like, let's navigate this the mines of Moria, despite the fact that I can't remember where to go. Just by smelling the less dank air. He's a wanderer. He's spent his entire several thousand years in Middle Earth just kind of walking around and exploring caves and stuff like that. So this is probably how he gets around. For like, how yeah, do well, I get out of here? I mean, I'm not going to like starve to death or anything like that. I'm an immortal spirit trapped in an old man's body. But uh, I think that the best way is just to kind of the air smells fresher this way. I think this is the way out. And if it's not, then I'll be probably be fine. I have time to figure this out. So I guess that is not a bad way to go in a cave. In a cave full of uh, the corpses of dwarves and uh, goblin Dw cities. Dwarpses. Exactly. All right. Let's talk. Let's get to, let's get to work here. Let's get to work. So a toucan's beak is probably its most defining feature. It's big, it's colorful, but as is often the case in nature, the toucan's most striking feature may also be its most functional. The beak's first function is foraging. Uh, these eight-inch long appendages, which I think can be a lot longer on a toco, but in general, on average, uh, they're useful for plucking fruit off branches in otherwise hard-to-reach places. In fact... Their beaks are also serrated like a steak knife or a saw for mm. ripping apart food. The beaks are also used for other purposes, including defense and attracting mates, and also 
and temperature regulation. Once again, we are talking about a nose uh, that is helpful for personal climate control. Just like the Psyga. That's why I called it Chill Bill. Yeah. So, toucan beaks are thin. If you look closely, you can see veins running through it. Having such a large, thin surface area for their blood to run through allows them to cool down in sweltering South American heat. I saw a picture of like a thermal image of a toucan and it's like white hot near the base of their beak so it's just spewing that that o-ring is is leaking uh heat just doing it's the worst it needs to be replaced (laughs) it's doing it by design though uh so at night though the temperature can drop to avoid losing heat through the night they'll tuck their beaks up along their bodies and sleep with with it basically on top of them. And if you look at a picture, it looks like the bird is essentially folded in half. I did not see a picture of them sleeping. Yeah, I had to specifically search Toucan sleeping. And it's cute, so there's oh, a ton yeah. of pictures of it. Yeah. Folded. Um, so the beak is also both incredibly strong and surprisingly lightweight. Uh, it makes up a third of the bird's body length and only a 20th of its weight. So despite its weight allowing the bird to maintain its ability to fly, their beaks are also super durable. Uh, an article in asknature.org, which I think is a it's a website all about like taking ideas from nature and applying it to engineering and science and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, they say the beak's solid outer shell sandwiches within uh, within it a closed cell foam-like structure made of struts, which together with thin protein membranes enclose variably shaped air spaces. The solid shell layer is built of overlapping hexo- hexagonally shaped thin plates of keratin protein held together by an organic glue. All that is to say, it's built Ford tough. <laughs> yeah, they, don't they make Fords with organic glue? <laughs> yeah. But essentially, it's like, this is reminding me a little bit of the, um, what is it, the Venus's flower basket? Oh, yeah. Where, like, the- there's specific shapes. Was it a hexagon? Hexagonal shapes? I think so. Is a hexagon the perfect shape for structure? It seems to be because it's like that's what, um, like honeycombs and stuff. Yeah. Interesting. Possibly. Uh, Gosh, every time I type in Venus's flower basket, I just get a bunch of Animal Crossing pictures. (laughs) So this structure makes their beaks useful for defense and able to take significant impacts. The article goes on to suggest that this structural design could be integrated into cars to make them more crash-resistant without sacrificing fuel economy by adding weight. Yeah, I, I, I thought they already did that. They made a toucan car? Or just had that, like, hexagonal... Um, 
structure design. like co- honeycomb structure uh in parts of the car that needed to and crumple zones maybe they do uh but they um i, th- I recently saw a thing where a toucan beak did break and they three three printed it for him and it worked oh really yeah oh that's gotta be the worst having a beak break well he can't eat anymore he can't like grab things yeah the top oh, top part of the bill broke a third of the way down i think i think they do the same thing with uh rhinos that have their their uh horns removed by poachers but not killed yeah uh they'll the conservationists will 3d print a new horn i can't them. imagine that that's useful as useful a 3d printed horn yeah if, although if it's, if it's made it's, with the right material then it's also a lot less essential because a rhino can still eat and you know yeah it might be for sexual selection though oh maybe yeah then we give him the longest horn ever <laughs> uh but we can manipulate like... the the um adaptation of rhinos just by replacing their horns with bigger horns yeah you if you you want the weak rhinos if you want pocket rhinos just give tiny rhinos the biggest horns yes if we want teacup rhinos that's how we need it that's what we need to do but i also imagine that that there's an element of uh ritual combat i don't think they actually gore each other though at least not very often you would think that if they fought a lot they would be, and we we covered the white rhino, and I think we talked about them not um, being as belligerent as they look like they are. Good, because there's not a ton of them left. Not as belligerent as Paul Giamatti at the uh, the beginning of the Amazing Spider-Man Two. <laughs> well, that's all I got for the major fact. But I we also forgot to mention they have translucent skin. Do they? I didn't know that. Yep. yep. Uh, like towards the back of their neck, I think is where you could see it when you like pulled back their feathers, but it's like, like completely see-through. Huh. Now I gotta look at a picture of this. You could also have them as pets, but I would not recommend it because it looks like they bite a lot and they have those serrated beaks. Giant serrated beaks. Yes. Yeah. A lot of people have them as pets. If you look at a skeleton of a toucan, it looks silly because it is a skeleton of a bird and just a giant toucan beak coming off of it. Yeah, I see that. Yeah, these things look prehistoric. It's one of those animals like the giraffe where it's like, this is just so weird. The more you think about it, yeah. It's like the word fruit when you spell it with two O's. <laughs> it just kind of deconstructs the whole thing and it loses its meaning. Yeah. When he just starts saying fruit over and over and like how silly of a word that is. All words are silly if you think about them long enough. All right. Is that all? You got anything else? That's all I got. All right. That was the Togo Toucan. Toucan Sam. So for you out there in Podcastia, use your bill to keep you chill. Expand your diet. And always follow your nose 
like the Toko Toucan Sam here in life, death, and taxonomy. Hey, Taxonomy Titans, thanks for listening to the episode. Just a few quick things. As always, reviews and social media engagement are greatly appreciated, but recommending the podcast to friends is the best way to help us grow. If you'd like some LDT-flavored merch, check out teespring.com stores slash taxonomy teas. That's it. Thanks for listening all the way to the end. podcast. <laughs>Porg. Yeah, it, it does like a, look like a porg. It looks like a porg. Oh, that's... I'll never forget this. <laughs> it's up there with the blobfish Slenderman mask. <laughs>